I want to preach on the topic of, of trials um, and um, testings that the Lord that the Lord brings us through. And I know everybody's been there. Everybody's everybody's had some. And there's not a person that won't. In fact, in fact, the Bible says Jesus Himself said He said, "In this world, ye shall have tribulations." And um, it was it was a promise that He made, not the best of promises. But I read these verses. Um, I, I think of 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 a verse that says the, the trials of your faith being much more precious than of gold. Now, I, has anybody in here ever had a trial? Yes, I, I, figured, I figured I can get a couple hands on that one. Has anybody here ever considered a trial to be of great value, much more precious than of gold? Maybe after, right? But as you're going through a trial, as you're going through a, a time of testing... It's, it's hard to look at it as, as having some value, but it does. And the Lord gave me, um, gave me these verses and this, this message uh, a couple years ago, but um, it is the eternal value of a temporal trial. There's eternal value in a temporal trial. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7 says this, that the trial, and we're going to be turning to a lot of places this evening, so you can, if you want to, you can keep up with, uh, keep up and, and turn there, but I'm going to read them. I've got them all written down here, otherwise we'd be here all night probably, but First Peter chapter 1 verse 7 says that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. So that's, the, that's a trial right there, right? Um, so, the Bible, the, so the Bible talks about trials and it uses different words when it's referring to trials. Um, we might hear, we might see trials, we might see persecutions, we might see the word testing, we might see temptations, we might see tribulation. All of these, when the Bible mentions these, in context, um, they, they can refer to trials, hard times in our life, times of trying in our life, right? For instance, in James chapter verse chapter number one, in verse two, the Bible says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying, so obviously that that diverse temptation has to do with trying us, right? That the trying of your faith worketh patience. Alright, so so this is what James says. He says, Hey, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Now again, okay, so first off we, we saw that, um, that Peter talks about the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold, right? But diverse temptations here, when, when we're being tried with diverse temptations, have you ever sat there and wanted to just jump around and praise the Lord? That's, that's hard. That's a hard place to be in, right? But it says, count it all joy when ye fall into, when ye have these diverse temptations, it's supposed to be a, a joyous thing, but how and why? Matthew chapter 5, verse 12, Jesus said, Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad for 
great is your reward in heaven. So we've seen these three verses. What can we see from these three verses? I've got some, some facts about trials. And, and the fact is that they do come in many shapes and sizes, right? And we talked about that. They, um, the tribulations, uh, whether it be finances, um, whether it be relationships, um, it could be loss, it can be persecution, it could be temptations, it could be sickness, right? We, we have a, there's a plethora of, of things that test us daily. But as sure as we can know that trials come our way, if you're a child of God, you've got another promise. And that's from Jesus Christ. He says, I will never leave you or forsake you. Do you believe that? Do you believe that, 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 that God is a, a God of his word? So when he says that he'll never leave us or forsake us, I think that's, that's what he means. That he would never leave us or forsake us. That we, there would never be a, a day in our life, there would never be a moment in time where God turns his back on us, where God forsakes us. He won't do it. That's a promise. Not that I made, but that God himself made. He would never leave us or forsake us. John chapter 16, verse 3 says, These things have I spoken unto you, or unto thee, that, in, that ye, I'm sorry, these things have I spoken unto thee, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. What a, a great promise from God. He's overcome already. So trials, testings, tribulations. I when I when I think of this in the, in the passage where 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 we're going to be mostly tonight is in John chapter number eleven. If you want to, you can turn there. John chapter number eleven, and we're going to talk about about two ladies who faced a great trial of loss, the loss of a loved one, the loss of a brother. In fact, you know these ladies, Mary and Martha, right? And and they faced a tremendous loss of a loved one, their brother Lazarus, right? And so you know the story that Jesus was with his disciples and, and um, Mary and Martha sent to Jesus. They said, they said Jesus, um, he whom thou lovest, Lazarus is sick, right? And, and so they, they were begging that Jesus would come heal because Jesus had a reputation already. He had, he had, he had done miracles. He had uh, he was the son of God, right? He had all power. And so they were, they were asking that Jesus come visit them and, and heal Lazarus. But Jesus' response to that was, we're going to tarry here for a couple more days. Right? And so they stayed there for a couple more days. And then after a few days, he told his disciples, hey, let's go, let's go visit Mary and Martha and Lazarus. Right? And so we're going to pick up here. In, in the book of John, chapter number 11. And I want to I wanna just read a couple of things here. We'll start in verse number 1. It says, Now a certain man was sick, named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, that sickness, or this sickness, is not, unto is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified 
thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he had heard thereof, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Then after that, saith he unto his disciples, let us go to Judea again. And let's drop down to verse 11. These things said he, and after that he saith unto them, our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. And this is, this is a, a mother's answer right here. This is what my mom always said when I was sick, right? Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. Right? I go to mom with a, with a headache, with a, with a stomach ache, and she says, she says, just go lay down. Go to sleep. It'll be, it'll be all right. And that's what his disciples said. Lord, if he sleeps, he does well. Right? So verse 13, howbeit Jesus spake of his death, but they thought that he had spoken of taking of rest of sleep. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Now, this seems like Jesus kind of, kind of contradicted himself, right? Because we see a couple verses ago that he said this, this is not a sickness unto death, right? But for the glory of God. And then all of a sudden he says, a couple of days later, he says, Lazarus, plainly he said, Lazarus is dead. So we're talking about the eternal value, value found in a temporal trial. And we, we have this story of two sisters who are going through this trial. Now, again, let's, let's go over some facts of these trials. Jesus was here. He was, he was physically on earth, right? He was walking. He was, he was with his disciples. And, and so we have Jesus being here, and, and he knew the need of Mary and Martha. He knew the need of Lazarus. He knew that Lazarus was sick and that Lazarus would die from this sickness, right? Do you think, Jesus, do you think that took him by surprise? Absolutely not. He knew the, the state of Lazarus' health. And he, and, and he felt that pain with them. This is not just some stranger's daughter <laughs> that he's going heal, right? Though he knew the pain of that, that centurion, right? This is not that. This was somebody who was, who was near and dear to Jesus, who Jesus loved very much. He felt their pain. So he knew what, what Mary and Martha and Lazarus was going to. He felt their pain. By the way, the Bible says that, that, he's, not touch, that he's, he's touched with the feelings of our infirmities, right? He was at all points tempted like as, as we. He, he walked, he literally walked in our shoes. He suffered the same pain more so than we suffer. He suffered the, he suffered the same death that we do, will eventually, Right? So he, he, he felt the pain of these people who he loved. Now this is what gets me. Could Jesus have saved Lazarus? Sure. Right? Well, let me go a step further. He didn't even have to be in that city to save Lazarus. He could have just, as he had done before, he could have just said, Lazarus, be healed. In that instant, miles away, Lazarus would have been healed. He had that ability. Didn't he do that? Already, right? Isn't there a story of this, this guy who had, I believe it was, um, was a servant who was sick, and, and he sent to Jesus, and Jesus was coming in the in, in, in this interior. A centurion, if I've got my stories mixed up, maybe. But centurion sent to Jesus, and he said, I'm not worthy that you should even, even come to my house, right? But you just say the words, and he'll be healed. 
And what did Jesus do? Without even seeing him, he said, I've not seen so much, so great faith, not in Israel. And he says, be it, be it unto thee. And his servant was healed. Not even seeing his servant, not even, not even going and touching him, not even doing nothing. He didn't, all he said was the words and, and, and not even present with the servant, and yet he was healed. Do you not think he could have done the same to Lazarus? Can he not do the same to you and I? As we're going through, through something in our life, can't, can't, doesn't he have the ability to, to take us out of that? Absolutely he does. He's God. We're his creation. He can do things like that. So why doesn't he? And, and, this, and this begins our minds to question, is God really a good guy? And if he is, why would he allow this to happen. And Brother, Brother Timothy Claghorn preached a, he, he taught an excellent Sunday school message about allowing God to contradict us and, and define, who he, define himself, who he is. And that's exactly what this is about. Because now, right now, I'm, as I'm in the middle of this trial, I, don't, I, I can't see what's going on. I don't know the future. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know why I'm feeling this pain. But God does. And, and though we can't see it yet, he has a plan. And this trial that we're going through, and this trial that Mary and Martha went through, had eternal value. So, God chose to let them go through this trial. Do you remember a guy named Job in the Bible? Wow, I wouldn't want to be in that guy's shoes. What a, a, a horrendous trial. And yet, Job's heart never strayed. He trusted his God. He trusted his Lord. And, and God blessed him because of it. And with eternal blessings, things that I'm sure, it's things that he's still reaping today in heaven, I know. So let's see who's affected by this trial. What, what are the effects of this trial? If we're going through a trial and, and the Bible defines them as being much more precious than gold, they have value. To, who, to whom is this value designated? Why, why is this trial so valuable? Let's see this. In John chapter number 11, <clears throat> we're going to read some more verses. Uh, let's go to verse number 20. We're going to read several here. It says in verse number 20, Then Martha... As soon as she had heard that Jesus was coming, right, because he said, we're going to go now to his disciples. They traveled over there. As soon as Martha heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still at the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it to thee. This is faith, right? Surely this is faith. Lazarus is already dead, but Martha's still, look at Martha's attitude. She's still holding on to this hope. Lord, even now, whatever you ask, God's going to give it to you, right? So Martha, she's still holding on to this hope. And what does Jesus say? He says unto her, thy brother shall rise again. So Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. 
He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? She said unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. And when she had so said, she went her way and called Mary her sister secretly, saying, The Master is come and calleth for thee. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came unto him. Now Jesus was not yet come into the town, but was in the place where Martha met him. The Jews then, which were with her in the house, and comforted her. When they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily and went out, followed her, saying, She goeth unto the grave to weep there. Then Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him. She fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. That's probably true. Right? If you'd been here, if you'd only been here, Lord, my brother would not have died. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled, and said, Where have you laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, Behold how he loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man, look at these, what these Jews say, Could not this man, which opened the eyes of the blind, have caused that even this man should not have died? Jesus, therefore, again groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. It was a cave, and, and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who, that was dead, saith, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Jesus saith unto her, Said I not unto thee that if thou wouldst believe, thou shalt see the glory of God. So here we have Martha and Mary. Martha, she says, Lord, if, if, Lord you could still save him. Right? That she was clinging on to that hope. Mary, Mary's response to the Lord being there was, Lord, if you had just been here a few days ago, if you would just be here with me, with Lazarus, with, with Martha, then, then he wouldn't have died. These are both true statements. And they both, they both had preconceived ideas of how this trial in their life should have gone. And that's, that's true for me. Probably with every trial, every testing I go through. This is, I, I, I come to God and I say, Lord, can you do this or this or this or make this go away? And I, and I, I come to the Lord with, a, with, a, with, a, with an idea of how I think the results should be. What I think they should be. And, 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 and what is Jesus' response? Just believe in me. Just believe. Just hold fast to that faith. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? Hold fast to that faith. God is good. No matter what we, what trials we're going through, what, what, what things we're, we're seeing, what's, what's laid in front of our path, God is good. So he's asking Mary, Martha, just have faith. Just believe, Isaiah 55 says that, that God's ways are, are higher than our ways. They're not our ways. God's thoughts, they're higher than our thoughts. They both here had the privilege 
what was the result? What was the result of this trial for Mary and Martha? They are the, they're the ones that's affected, that's, that's most intimately affected by this trial, right? Mary and Martha. And what was the result? Jesus said it. They got to see the power of God in their lives. Didn't he say, isn't that what he said in here in the very, in the very oh, where were we? Um, chapter, verse number 40. Said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou shalt see the glory of God. Did they see that? Absolutely. They absolutely did. In their lives, they saw firsthand the power and glory of their Savior. What a precious gift. Probably something that they held on to for the rest of their life. And whenever they went through another trial, whenever they went through another time of testing, they could, they could bring their mind back to the, to the faithful God who saw them through that. The, this trial in Mary and Martha's life had eternal value. Who else did this affect? Going back to John chapter number 11, we're going to read a couple of verses that we've already read, but here in verse number 12, it says here, Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he do well. Howbeit Jesus spake of his death, but they thought that he had spoken of taking rest of sleep. Then said Jesus unto them, plainly, Lazarus is dead. Now look what he says to his disciples. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there to the intent that ye may believe. What a powerful statement. This has nothing to do with his disciples. They weren't related to Lazarus. Sure, they, they probably loved Lazarus. They probably loved Mary as Jesus did. They probably loved Martha. But, 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 but. They didn't have anything vested in this trial. And yet, God was able to use something that Mary and Martha were going through, something that, that, that a pain that they were going through for, for other believers' sakes. He said, I'm glad that I wasn't there to heal Lazarus. Because now... Your faith will be increased to the intent that ye might believe. That was, that was the intent of this trial. That was one of the purposes of this trial. Not, not, not for Mary, not for Martha, not for Lazarus, but for the, for the believers who got to see secondhand. They got to see the power of God in their faith was, their faith was increased. Have you guys ever heard of, of, of or read these missionary biographies? where these missionaries go and they, they go to these other countries, or, or just Christians who, who've had these severe times of testing, and you read and you see the faithfulness of God in their lives. What does that do for you? Man, that's my God too. He can do that to them. Surely he can do that with me. The trials that we face are so valuable, but, but it's not just for us. God can use this to strengthen believers around us. 
there's so much more. It's like, it's like a target, and, and we're the center of that, right? He's trying to grow us. He's trying to strengthen us, but, but it has a ripple effect right out. So right in the middle, there's us. There's Mary and Martha, right? And they got to see the power of God. Their faith was increased through it. But, but on, the, uh, on this other ring of this target here, we have the disciples and the believers who secondhand got to see the, the faithfulness of God. They got to see the power of God. And their, their faith was also increased because of something that God did in the life of these two, these two women here. God strengthened others' faith through their trial. We have these missionary stories we read, but we've also got some better ones, some better things here, right? Right, we've got Daniel in the lion's den. Did you know, hey, here's, a, here's an interesting fact. Did you know that the same God who shut the mouths of the, lion, the lions in the lion den, where Daniel was, right? He sent an angel to shut their mouth. Did you know that that is the same exact God who has not changed one bit? He's my God. And if you're a child of God today, too, and whether you are or not, I guess, he's your God. Right? If you are a child of God, though, he desires to work in that same way in your life. What about, what about Noah? Imagine losing everything that you've ever had. And all you have now is a, is a boat with your family and some animals. I hate animals, by the way. I can't imagine what it would be in that ark. Oof. But imagine that. But they got to see the, 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 the power and faithfulness of God. What about Job? Folks, we can read these stories that God's given us in his word. And our faith is increased because of trials that real people, this isn't just a storybook, this is real people. Job was a real guy. Paul who, who suffered all of these things. He was real. He really went through all of those things he said he went through, through being shipwrecked, through being beat, through being tortured, all of these things Paul went through. And we can read this, and what does the Bible say? Say, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Our faith is increased because of trials in other believers' lives. God has put so much value on a temporal trial, eternal value in these temporal trials. We have Mary and Martha right here in the center, right? And then on, the, on, on the, uh, this next ring, we have the disciples, but that's not all God did. Look with me in, first, in John chapter 11, and we're going to go to verse number 33 as we continue this story. Verse 33, and we're going to read several verses here. Um, verse 33, it says, the Jews answering him, right? So he goes up, let me fill in, let me fill in the gap here. He, he goes to the, to the grave, where the tomb where they lay Lazarus, right? And he says, Lazarus, come forth. And what does Lazarus do? Of course, he comes out. God raised Lazarus from the dead, um, and, and it, was, it was a marvelous, miraculous thing. Lazarus was not dead. He is now, he was dead. He is now alive, right? Christ did this miracle. But look, look at this. It says in verse 33, the Jews answering him, saying, wait, that's, that's chapter 10. We're in 11. Here it is. <clears throat> um, where am I? I'm sorry. 
All right, 33. And when Jesus therefore saw her weeping and the Jews weeping with, with her, I'm sorry, um, when weepeth came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled and said, Where have you laid him? And they said unto him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept and, said the, and said, then said the Jews, Behold how he loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should have not died? Jesus, therefore, again groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. It was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. And Martha, the sister of him who was dead, saith, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Now look at this. After he says, Jesus saith unto her, Said I not unto thee, if thou wouldest believe, thou shalt see the glory of God. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. For I knew that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his feet was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto them, Loose him and let him go. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did believed on him. Wow. But some of them went their ways to the Pharisees and told them the things that Jesus had done. Let's go over to verse number, uh, continuing on to verse number 50. Um, so we had the chief priests, they had this meeting together on how they, need to, how they need to take care of this situation, right? Because we have all these Jews. Look what Jesus did. He prayed to God and he says, he says I said this, God, not for, not for me, because I know you always hear me, but for them that that are listening, right? Jesus prayed to God for the, for the benefit of those that are listening. And then when he says, Lazarus, come forth, what happens? He comes forth. And who is affected by, by the outcome of this trial? Sure, it's Mary and Martha. Sure, it's the, the, the believers. But it says, because of this, many of the Jews that were watching also believed. And then we go on. Let me make sure I got the right spot here. <clears throat> it says in verse number 52, um, oh, number 50, verse number 54, Jesus therefore walked no more openly among the Jews, but went thence into a country near to the wilderness into a city called Ephraim, and there continued with his disciples. So Jesus fled away because the, the, the Pharisees and the priests' intent was to kill Jesus, Right? And the Jews' Passover was nigh at hand, and many went out of the country and up to Jerusalem before the Passover. Then sought they for Jesus and spake among themselves as they stood in the temple. What think ye, that he will not come to the feast? Now both the chief priests and the Pharisees had given commandment that if any man knew where he were, he should show it that he might take him. Now let's go over to chapter 2 and go down a couple of verses, verse number 9. Much of the people, I'm sorry, much of the Jews, therefore, knew that he was there 
And they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. But the chief priest consulted that they put Lazarus also to death. Look at this. Because that by reason of him, many of the Jews went away and believed on Jesus. Are you starting to see, see maybe a bigger picture here? We have, we have me who, who's affected by a trial, right? And, and it's, I mean... We could probably all spend hours going through the things that we've been through in this life. And I don't, I don't mean to minimize that at all. Because God also remembers our frame. Right? He knows we're human. He knows we have emotions. And, and he, he feels it with us. I'm not trying to, to diminish that at all. But if we step back. And we see that we try to see this trial as, as, as God sees it. Lord, what are you trying to do in my life? Maybe, it, maybe it's just me. Or maybe, maybe, God, you can use this to strengthen other believers. Or maybe you can take this a step further and other people can see what you're doing in my life and the lost can be drawn to you. What a tremendous blessing that would be is if, if, if what we're going through leads people to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. He can do that. He did that in the life of Mary and Martha, this trial that they were going through. God used this trial to reach the onlookers, to reach the lost, right? I, I often focus on the temporal pain of what I'm going through, and I forget to look at the eternal gain that God has in mind. Lastly, in, in verse number 1, way back at the beginning, we're going to skip back, step back to the beginning of chapter 11. Verse number 1, the eternal value of a temporal trial. Here we have in, in, in the very beginning of the story, now a certain man was sick named Lazarus, right? This is where we started. In the town of Mary and her sister Martha, it was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister said unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he who thou lovest is sick. Now look at Jesus' original response here. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. Above all else in this, in, in this trial that you may be facing today, and Above all else, did you know that our trials bring glory to God? That, that little old me has the ability to, to, to glorify God? My trials do that. This, God had a purpose for Mary and Martha's trial, for Lazarus' death. Sure, it was for Mary and Martha. Sure, it was for the, the believers, the strengthening of the believers. Sure, it might have been for the, for the saving of the lost. But ultimately, as our life should be focused on, ultimately, it was for God's glory. And he was glorified. Isn't that what Jesus said when he prayed? They could see his glory. 
it's so hard to take this, this story and judge our trials against the story of Mary and Martha. Because I can sit here and I can, I can think of some, of some of you in the church who have gone through, through, through trials lately. And I could try to empathize there, but when I bring up Mary and Martha, I, I look at it and I'm like, yeah, Lord, but they still had Lazarus in the end. Right? He rose again. Everything was okay. It was kind of this, this fairy tale ending, right? And that's not always how our trials go. Sometimes it still uh, leaves a hole. There's still pain. But it doesn't diminish from God's goodness. And that's one thing that we have to choose as God's children. Simply say, Lord, I trust that you know what's best. And I know that you're good. Because he is. Regardless of the outcome, God is good. I've got a couple of verses here in Job chapter 23, verse 10. To go along with this, somebody who also, he didn't have his turnout. The turnout of Job's trial wasn't like Mary and Martha's. Sure, he had more kids. Sure, he had more wealth. But he lost a lot that he never got back. Right? So if we go to the book of Job, I'm talking and I'm not flipping my pages here. We go to the book of Job in verse number uh, chapter number 23 and verse number 10. Job says, but he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. He knew that God knew what was best. He said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Job's steadfast faith and his trust in God. He, he never lost that. We, we, go to, we go to Paul, who was persecuted all of those times, who eventually lost his life for the name of Christ, right? I would consider that a trial. But we, we, we go to, to Paul, and he says in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, you can turn there if you want, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, in verse 9, many of you can probably quote this. And he said unto me, this is Paul quoting Jesus, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So my prayer with, with, with the trials that I go through, my, I, I, I want God to train my heart to say, Lord, I believe you. I believe what you're doing. Give me spiritual eyes to see the eternal value of these trials. And there are so many people in the Bible who went through things, so many verses of God's comfort and love in all of this. But I want to quote something. Somebody summed, up, summed it up they said this, and this has been something that I've held on to closely. It's, they said, God is too good to be unkind. 
he's too wise to be mistaken. And when we cannot see his hands, trust his heart. When we can't see what God's doing, we can still trust his heart. So, praise God that he can, he can make beauty from ashes, right? He can do that in our life. He can, make, he can turn something that's so painful and he can use it to show his power in your life as you're going through this trial. He can, he can take this trial and he can use it to strengthen other believers. He can take this trial and he can use it to bring people lost, the lost world to himself. But most of all, he can take this trial that, that we're going through and he can gain, get glory and honor that he deserves.